Welcome, I'm Andreas, photographer, marketeer and educator. I wish to give you proven ways to see your work with fresh eyes, find your sense of purpose and connect with the people who need to hear your message now more than ever. One wedding at a time, you have the power to tell stories that can inspire change to the better. No matter whether you're a photographer, planner, florist, venue owner or calligrapher, I am making this for you. Because instead of competing for attention, now is the time to create art that matters. This podcast is a journey of discovery. It's an exploration of the deeper meaning of what we do. Whether this is floristry, hair and makeup, calligraphy, photography, etc. Just like you, I have a lot of questions. Grand questions such as, how does our work relate to culture? How can we do our work in such a manner that it can have a lasting and positive impact on people's lives? How do we find our vision, our reason of existence, and how do we communicate it with people? How do we act consistently, purposefully, and in line with our vision? How do we market our brand in a way that is meaningful and impactful? What does it even mean to have a brand? What does it mean to create art in the first place? And seemingly smaller yet critical questions such as how do we overcome our imposter syndrome? Is there such thing as authenticity? I want to share my thoughts with you through this podcast. This podcast is not about photography, although myself I'm a photographer. It's for all of us, because as it proves, if we look under the hood, no matter how diverse our specializations may be, the guiding principles of generosity and service remain the same. I've decided to dedicate the inaugural episode to photography as a humble tribute to my own craft. Enjoy. Here is something that will sound familiar to all photographers. We load film, we wait, we aim, we check the viewfinder, and we shoot. Whether we take, shoot, or snap a photograph, one thing is for sure. We seem to be on a hunt because, well, you guessed it, all of the above are hunting terms. Just a few days ago, I discovered my very first camera, the one I used to make my first photograph, an Olympus Strip 35. I loaded it with some film and went on to photograph the street life of my own hometown. I think I might have come back with better observations than pictures, though the verdict is still out until the film is processed. What I noticed is that people were so much more willing to be photographed as I pointed this tiny camera rather than any of my professional cameras. I know, this is a relatively common and trivial observation among photographers. But the real question here is, why? What lies deeper under this behavioral shift? I think 
this is an example of the fact that picture taking is never really about taking. It's a method of conversation. It's an exchange. I think you would agree with me that it would probably sound absurd to say that the person in a photograph gave us a photograph. Yet, we are willing to say that we took a photograph. And this choice of words makes me curious for two reasons. First, because it places the attention on the photographing, the clicking of the button. It somehow omits the fact that there is a transaction at works, a taking but also a giving from the one being photographed. Secondly, and most importantly, because underlying the choice of word take lies a connotation of subtraction, an almost forceful act of extracting something from the word. Humorist Oliver Wendell wrote in the 19th century, referring to photography, quote, every conceivable object of nature and art will soon scale off its surface for us. Men will hunt all curious and beautiful grand objects as they hunt the cattle in South America for their skins and leave the carcasses as of little worth." Unquote. The linguistic conventions of photography seem tacitly embedded in an ideology of photographs as trophies. The modern camera has almost become a symbol, an instrument of an act of acquisition, of subtraction. It takes, it targets, it shoots. It lurks in the shadows when we are at our most vulnerable. It is there to freeze forever a potentially unfavorable moment. It's a narrowly selective interpretation, one that is haunted by subjective imperatives of taste. And to add salt to the wound, the person doing the photographing is often called the shooter. The words that describe photography might not have been intentionally chosen, but they are not random. Under them lies a truth, or at least a perception. But even worse, even though ourselves as modern photographers merely inherited this language, its meaning cannot but shape beliefs. So when the machine, the instrument, no longer resembles anything the subject has ever seen, then you interrupt the pattern. The person being photographed relaxes and becomes not someone you take from, but someone who willingly gives. It becomes an exchange as it is supposed to be. Is this not the essence of a good conversation? Susan Sondag brilliantly writes that, quote, to photograph is to appropriate the thing photographed. It means putting oneself into a certain relation to the world that feels like knowledge and therefore like power, unquote. Photographs in this sense are miniatures of reality that the photographer takes or collects. Social media, such as Instagram, have become very influential in perpetuating and reinforcing this idea of portfolios as trophies, as collections. Trophies of places we've been to, 
trophies of venues we have had weddings at, trophies of our celebrity couples. And indeed, much of what us marketeers have been doing for years now is to use these trophies to generate a sense of stress and then release the stress. Stress as seen here. Here are some photos of a wedding that is so lax and spectacular that undoubtedly you would like to have something similar. Then we release the stress. We say something like, hire me, and I will give you something like this. And though this is one way of doing it, and it is inevitably something that will always be a component of marketing, we have a choice of how large of a component this will be. Because there is an alternative, that of using our pictures not as trophies, but as a way to communicate meaning, talk about heritage, celebrate human connection, celebrate all the intimate stories of love and add to our collective being. And this choice remains decisively ours because we are the ultimate storyteller. So I say we, photographers, should and could become less of collectors of moments and instead use the camera as an extension of our consciousness. We do not take photographs, we make them with the one being photographed. The flow of communication is bi-directional and it is in this sense that photography becomes something that feels almost physical and conversational. Conversation is perhaps our greatest hope for healing the rifts in human understanding, but also for restoring it. When we stop seeing photographs as something we take, then we have the opportunity to use photography as a way to say, here, I care, I see you, I do not pretend to understand you. Show me, teach me. Because most of the times, the very process of making a photograph matters as much, if not more, than the photograph itself. So what we are dealing here with is perhaps something much more conversational than anything the world has ever seen. It's a conversation in three dimensions. The photographer creates and the subject co-creates with them instead of merely participating. And finally, the viewer co-creates as well through her interpretation of the final photograph. I dare say not even poetry can elicit a conversation in all three dimensions. Could it be then that photography is in fact one of the most powerful healing mediums humanity has ever invented. The very presence of a camera changes the behavior of people. And the very least we, photographers, can do is allow people to speak for themselves rather than impose our own interpretation of who they are. Even when working with a model, we need to remind ourselves that she is not a complacent object passively following a brief. She's a human being. This is a subtle change of attitude. But I strongly believe that it's one that can make 
all the difference in the meaning of our work. If you have any questions about this episode, or you would like to discuss anything related to weddings and culture, please visit andreascageorgiun.com slash podcast and click the microphone button. I will do my best to answer your questions on the air. Finally, I would like to mention my friend Rais, a wonderful photographer and friend, and Tim, who, amidst the horrible events that take place in the world, gave up a trip to Asia to collect clothes and other goods and transport them to the borders of Ukraine for those in need. Rice and Tim, you are a shining example of how two people can light up a light for all of us to see better. Thank you for what you do. The next episode is about originality, or better, about how the pursuit of originality in any of our work is futile and what we should instead be pursuing is remarkability. Because there is a fine line separating the two, but it makes a world of difference. Until then, be well, be safe.